so I figured for a mini so I figured for a mini so um, we can uh, talk about Black Widow. Oh yeah, have you seen it? I did. Okay, great. We I, saw it last I, night as well. I, I saw it last night. Yep, yep. I, uh, I I don't have a ton of thoughts, but I'd definitely be interested in hearing your thoughts. I have a few thoughts, but nothing like nothing hard or set in stone. But I will start with this. That has nothing to do with Black Widow. So Adrea hates professional wrestling. She, she just thinks it's so boring. Like, she's like, are you watching wrestling again? I was like, yeah. She's like, is this old wrestling or new wrestling? And I'm like, what does it look like? And she's like, it looks like old wrestling. And I'm like, it is. And sometimes I'll watch old wrestling. Um, but she loves wrestling with me. Like, that's her favorite, one of her new favorite things. And so, like, she's like, teach me wrestling moves. So I'll try to teach her wrestling moves. And I can't do a ton of them with her because her legs are too short um for some of them but we'll do like a wrestling move and she'll laugh and stuff and so i'll be like do an elbow drop and i teach her an elbow drop and she'll do an elbow drop and and i teach her to drop on her like armpit like an elbow a real elbow drop isn't like the point of the elbow goes into my belly you know that would be very painful it's she drops the elbow and you know the armpit hits my belly instead Hmm. and so the one time she was like elbow drop and she did that and she 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 executed it really good i was like good execution that was great and then she goes okay foot drop and then she just coup de gras me right in the chest like she jumps <laughs> up and just stops me <laughs> and, and, I, and i'm like oh my god kid <laughs> what's wrong with you she's like foot drop <laughs> I'm like you just double stop me right in the chest <laughs> he's trying to stop my heart it's pretty funny. That's my wrestling story. It's <laughs> a good story. I um my story from uh, my week this week with the nanny kids. Yeah. Is, uh, the two year old, two and a half year old was singing the ABC song. And, you know, the end of the ABC song is like next time what you sing with me. And he was just like I let him sing it through like maybe three or four times because he was just having a fun time singing to himself. And I was like, you're occupied. That that seems good. Let's do that. Uh, and then but then like after a couple of times of like next time won't you sing with me? I'm like, hey, maybe I'll sing along this time. And so like we start the next time and I start singing and he stops. He goes, Miss Joe, no. And then continues to sing without me <laughs> and just shuts me down and I was like okay like that's like that's a funny thing maybe I'll sing I'll just like jump back in the next time like maybe that's a thing that he does with his parents because like otherwise it's kind of mean uh, and he stops and goes no Miss Joe no I sing and then sing some more I'm like okay well I guess I won't sing any with this child it's okay I couldn't match pitch with you anyway uh, <laughs> that's my that's my nanny's story this week um but so we both saw Black Widow. That's yes. what we're doing for the minisode. Um, mm -hmm. I, we walked out of the theater and Ian was like, what do you think? And I'm like, well, I'm really ready for all the critics to hate it. <laughs> because <laughs> that's the, anytime I'm like, this is a female lead movie that I also mostly enjoyed. I guess I'm going to like, just expect it to be panned. I, so when I saw Captain Marvel, I was like, I do not like this at all. I don't know. That's like, what I was going to ask you, actually. Keep going. I was, so, I wondered if you liked it. 
so the first time that I saw Captain Marvel, I was like, oh, I hate this, whatever. And then uh, I moved in to my house in North Carolina to be a pastor and the internet didn't get set up right away. And so I like went to Walmart and bought a TV and bought a DVD player and bought like the movie that was nearest to me, which was Captain Marvel. And I watched it over and over and over again and had it in the background and I love the crap out of that movie now because I think it has a really great story about what it's like to be um, a woman who is gaslit by all of the men around her Um, and and there's there's an aspect to Black Widow that um, also like has those resonances for me so um, listeners this is a spoiler heavy uh, yes. podcast episode the moment where um the the fake dad the what is he the red avenger the red yeah the red guardian red, the red guardian, guardian. <laughs> and then people get it wrong and he's like it's red guardian uh the red guardian is like what's wrong with you what's with all the aggression is it your time of the month and the sister turns around and is like no because I had a forced hysterectomy. And then it's like, you know what they did? They reached up and they tore out all my reproductive organs. And and like they're going through and they're just naming, they're like ovaries, uterus. I was gonna talk about fallopian tubes. And I like in the theater was just like fist pumping. I was so excited. (laughs) Cause like what other Marvel movie has had fallopian tubes? And it, it was just like, it was, it was so perfect. It was such a perfect discussion that's so opposite from like Black Widow in, um, what's the one where she's in love with Hulk? It's the oh, it's Age, Age of, of Ultron. Ultron. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, you still think you're the only monster? Cause she's, ha- she's just yeah, very a, dramatic. Uh, garbage part. Yeah. And like, I remember that kind of like hitting me at the first time I saw it because I was dealing with getting diagnosed with PCOS and knowing that like, if I had kids, it was going to be difficult, all this kind of stuff. And so mm-hmm. I was like, I mean, the world does tell me that I'm a monster. So like, this is speaking to my experience. But then I was also like, but also like, can we not have our female superheroes say that? Like, that's just not what we needed. So then to have this scene, it's just like the perfect counterpoint to it, where it's just like, Mm-mm, I'm not going to be dramatic about it. I'm just going to tell you in detail what happened to me because you need to know. I just, I loved it. Um, And so there is like, throughout the movie, I felt like there was this kind of like, uh, not like full, I've never seen Kill Bill, but I know it's about taking revenge on somebody. Like not full Kill Bill, like revenge kind of thing, even though like that's the premise of it. But a kind of like, I need you to know that what you did is unacceptable before I kill you. You know, mm-hmm. it's not just like, I need to take you out, but like, I need you to know. And also like the redeeming of the um, the daughter who gets blown up in the, the explosion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I should really have like a list of character names. A- Antonia, Antonia. Yes, yeah. Um, like to, like that she has this second life as this like killing machine, but then at the end of the movie is able to like snap out of it and like, or or like with the magic whatever. Air yeah, with the MacGuffin, thing. with the MacGuffin device. <laughs> yeah. Um. like she's able to be redeemed and have a whole new life too um and like that actual like apologies to sorrow is able to happen like there there were 
a lot of moments like that where I was like, we are building up people and we are also holding people accountable. And like, that's everything that I want. Um, I also loved that uh, <laughs> the you have the the big super soldier who's like the strongest person and his big fight is like mostly off screen. <laughs> like right, they set right. him up with robot Avenger lady and and then they just kind of like fight until somebody comes in and like saves him from this battle. And so much of his storyline is like he is the damsel in distress of this movie and he mm-hmm. never doesn't get to be that. And I, I, you know, that's not my feminism. I'm not here to te- tear down men, but it was kind of nice to see it. Sure. <laughs> because you also know that, like, people loved him enough. He's going to be in something else. Like, there's going to be yeah, something yeah. that, like, tells a story. I assume I adored him. Them singing American Pie was just beautiful. Give that man an Oscar. It was great. Um, well, David Harbour is really great. He's, he's just... He's- he's a good find and he's uh this is gonna sound weird and i don't mean to interrupt you but he's like the perfect hopefully this podcast will age well in the next couple of years based on what i'm about to say but he he's like the perfect like male star for like post me too Mm. you know like like so so like in a time where we as a culture and a society are sort of rethinking how we, what kind of films and, and media we want to consume and like what kind of, what kind of actors and actresses and, and other performers we're, we're interested in seeing. Like a David Harbour is a really, is a really great find because of his versatility and his ability to um, be complex before he's a, like a stereotype. Yeah. And so, and I actually, that's that's i i think every person who is in this movie is complex before they're a stereotype like i don't i don't mean to just signal sing uh single the man in a female dominated film out but but like like i think david harbour is interesting because you know he he can be like hopper right from Mm -hmm. stranger Stranger Things, things which is a really complex character um and then he was hellboy i didn't know he was hellboy yeah, they cast that he was in the he was in the revamped Hellboy, the newest one they put out. Um, huh. he, he wasn't he wasn't um, Ron Perlman in in the first right. two Hellboys, but like yeah, he he's the most recent Hellboy. You know what I mean? So like it's a good it's a good mixture. Like he can do a lot and be cast in a lot, at, you know, in the sort of the wide variety of male leads and can kind of put him in. Like like I remember you bring up Captain Marvel like the one character that is like sort of horribly miscast in Captain Marvel is Jude Law. Cause he, cause he's like just this handsome sort of smarmy British man playing a role that, that is ultimately not nearly as important as the other roles, but like why Jude Law? You yeah. Know, it could, you could have cast literally anybody else in this role uh, and it would have been way better, but it's, but instead it's just sort of Jude Law. <laughs> Yeah. Why? Well, because Jude Law is a holdover from the older way of doing films, whereas somebody like a David Harbour could have come in and made that role uh, into something that really adds to the story rather than just his name adding to the film. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. It's like Jude Law is there because his name adds to the film and they and they needed that, apparently. 
at hand. Ian's coming inside. Hello. Hello. We're talking about Black Widow. Do you want to come talk? <laughs> Ian saw it with me last night. So Ian, Ethan's going to tell us what he thought and then you can jump in. <laughs> that's, a, that's a smooth transition, Joe. Well done. I'm so yeah, good that's, at going that's a way better one than the one you first did. Um, <laughs> right. From Jude Law to Ian. Here we are. We're good. <laughs> right. I uh, I certainly like this movie better than uh, other Marvel films for sure. So like I'll just be I'll be really blunt. I like the film. I really did. Like like I, I we Beth and I finished it and I was like cool. You know, I um I liked that this was uh, so one of the things that I that I really do not like about the way the Marvel franchise. Uh, does Black Widow dirty is each director of each major Marvel film that has Black Widow in it has a different vision for Black Widow. Yeah. I uh, and so eat, and so it's not really until I would say Civil War that Black Widow becomes a consistent character in my opinion. Um, and that has that is in no way Scarlett Johansson's fault. Like like it it's it's all the director's fault you know she's introduced in iron man 2 ultimately as this like femme fatale right like mm -hmm. you know and 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 all the stuff she does in iron man 2 is sexy and and seductive and and then and then like she becomes a stone cold killer and you know all this stuff and then in you know the first avengers film she's she's given a little bit more stuff to do um and she has a slightly more defined role, but there's still that sort of femme fatale element. And then by Winter Soldier, which which I've come to really like as a film, she's a totally different person. You know, like Winter Soldier, she's she's depicted completely differently than everything else. Um, yeah, and, and, and well, the the Russo brothers had I think have had the the longest to work with that character. Yeah. Right. Between between that and Civil War and the the two uh, last Avengers movies, exactly. She, she is definitely just like I'm a spy. I'm a spy who spies and spies spying. Like that. She's it's instead of being the femme fatale, she's like, listen, I'm just here to do some work. I'm just here. This is just my job. And uh, I think that's a that's a fine take to have for it. Uh, but it is different than the other ones. Yeah. Right. Right. And and so by the time. So I, what I really welcome from the Black Widow movie is is spending time with her as a character. Mm -hmm. um, I welcome that, especially since by Endgame, like I, I just think, I think her death really falls flat in Endgame. I'm gonna, I'm not gonna lie. And then once again, that's not Scarlett Johansson's fault. I think Endgame is rushed, but I also have problems with the with the rules of of that stone i can't think the soul stone the soul stone right 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 like i have i have beef with the rules of how to get that stone i i think i think it's kind of strange i think like the only way according to the rules it seems like the only way you can get the stone is by sacrificing yourself not by bringing gamora and killing her like right. i don't know how thanos shouldn't have been able to get the stone at all but that's besides the point um like and i just think it falls flat but like I think this movie really presents her presents the character in in a a pretty complex light, and so that and I think that's the strongest part of the film, right? Like I think the strongest part of the film is 
the characters are allowed to be complex. So like there, there are a lot of strong female characters, quote unquote, in a lot of different movies. And traditionally, you know, Black Widow is like this strong female character, right? This female character you can kick ass and, and be strong. Um, you know, you have that, and Joe and Joe brought it up too. You have that god awful moment in Age of Ultron, where she's like, "We're not so different, you and I, Bruce Banner. You turn into a green rage monster, and I'm Baron." You know, <laughs> you have that really awful moment that I don't know why it was there. I think that was terrible, but because by and large, she hates women. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. It's because Joss Whedon is a misogynist hack. Um. But like, but by and large, the character is is strong. You know, that's sort of the idea. I like that the that Black Widow and the other characters in the Black Widow film are allowed to be complex. You know, I, I that they're that they're not only strong, but they're but they're characters that have emotional vulnerabilities and checkered pasts and and gray at times gray worldviews and difficulties with relationships, you know, and 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 sort of all of that rolled into one. It's what makes David Harbour's portrayal of Red Guardian interesting, you know, and, and it's what makes, um, uh, um, I can't think of the actress's name, but the, the woman from The Mummy, you know, <laughs> it, makes, it makes her character really interesting. Yes, and, I know her name exactly. And if you had not got forgotten it, I would have been like, mm, is it a Rachel? Rachel Weiss. Rachel Weiss. Rachel Weiss. There we go. That, that's right. It's what makes her portrayal really, really interesting um, of that character. And, and like, and I think that the breakout star of the whole film, which is good because this is what they wanted to, to happen is uh, I think her, I think the character's name is Yolina. Maybe. But Florence Pugh. Is, Florence is Pugh. Yeah. Elena. Yeah. The, <laughs> and her name is Florence Pugh. Yes. Well, that's what we're saying. <laughs> yes. The, so you make you make your plural. She was Florence's Pugh. <laughs> It's yes. Today, listeners. What can I say? It's, it's been tough, but uh, but I think that she she's just she was she acted that character really really great, mm-hmm. you know, and and everything was really interesting and complex and good, and obviously it's going to be the next, you know, it's supposed to be the breakout character, right? And I think that's great, and so I'm happy for that, and I, I like the film for the for that reason. Um. My biggest gripe, if I had a gripe with the film, was I wish that instead of it being an action film, it was they they leaned heavily on the um, emotional drama piece. Um, I actually think that's a more interesting way to go. Uh, what I mean by that is I think that personally, I think that the obviously most interesting scene in the movie is when they're all at the pig farm. Right. Um, and and they're they're back together as this fake family. And and everybody is sort of unloading and unpacking and and you know Black Widow's sister is is, is reveals just how hurt she is by the whole thing and how much she really did see what they were as a family and and the kind of goofiness of Red Guardian is is juxtaposed with the fact that he he is actually does have affection and love you know mm. for for his family or or Melina uh, Rachel Weiss's character is it, it, 
is is trying to understand you know where her loyalties lie like i think that whole scene is very complex and a very compelling scene and i think that it would be more complex and more compelling if the movie decided to be less of a jason Bourne movie and and instead spend more time on that first scene when they were a family I was surprised that that first scene as a family went on for as long as it did. Like, I know it, it needed to, to set up everything else that all of the rest of the character things in the movie come out of that first, all those first, that, that first segment. But I was like, this is a very long build up to whatever was going to happen. And I just didn't, didn't completely understand it. Uh, but like, I think it, I think it worked fine. It was just weird pacing choices. Sure. I think it worked fine too. I, I would have actually liked, liked it to be longer. Like I think, but, but then again, the reason why it wasn't longer was because they, they wanted to present this film as a spy and action film. And so they, they needed to get to the action. Like I would have liked to see that scene begin with them like waking up for school, you know, like I'd want it from the start, mm. you know, I'd want them to come down for breakfast and laugh and joke with, with David Harbour's character, you know, and, kiss them before they go to school or he goes to work or like I, I'd want that whole thing set up I'd want us to be as a as what as viewers a little confused you know and then and then cut into that we have to go we've been found out we have to escape you know and then that way I think that I think that those emotional moments in like the pig form scene would be would hit us a little a little harder you know, and, yeah. and like them coming together again as a family might might hit us a little harder. It would also make Black Widow's sacrifice to get the Soul Stone hit a little harder too, right? Now, then again, this movie, that's my other problem with this movie. This movie should have come out when it, when it was, when it's um, uh, set, right? It should, yeah. yeah, to give us better context with Black Widow. Like, that's what I think. Um, but that's also hindsight's 2020. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the, the only thing about the pig farm that really like you have Rachel Weiss's character as this like kind of cold, unfeeling, calculated clinical person right like the pig could live for could have had no air for 11 more seconds and still lived <laughs> like right. like knows to the to the second how long she can torture a living being and and yet like all it takes is this scrapbook of memories the fake memories that they made when they were all undercover secret spies to for her to be like you know what i will help you overthrow everything i've worked for in my life like there to me there's not that character turns on a dime in terms of what she's willing to support and not um and, and and like I want more from that character like I want I want more of what she's been through and why like what exactly did it for her like because like one conversation with Scarlett Johansson would not change the world but apparently it did for this character <laughs> you know like it's I it, that that to me was that was the one part of the plot that I was like other than the MacGuffin magic wake up all the widows stuff um the that that one scene I was like I like I like that you very quickly as the super spies you are came up with a plan to take everything down but like the the complete motivation behind it didn't land for me yeah but, 
Ian, what do you think? What do you what do you want to throw in? Um, so I think that uh, one of the things that might have contributed to uh, Rachel Weiss's character turning on the dime was realizing that uh, uh, this thing that she had worked to create this neurotoxin mind control device um it, it became personal when like she realized elena was under that uh, control as well i don't know how spoilery we are in this oh completely okay yeah. okay yeah yeah no, i did it <clears throat> talked about the fallopian tubes right away great so. yeah um that rachel uh, the the that mother melena character um you know cares about natasha and elena uh, but just either either because she was willfully ignorant or like actually just didn't know, um, didn't put two and two together that her daughter was was part of this fake daughter, fake daughter, but like fake daughter um, was part of this group of of widows who were um, totally under the control of that guy, um, contributed to that shift on a dime. Um, I agree. This so I really, I also really, really liked this movie. Um, I go see it again in a heartbeat. Um, uh, I agree, Ethan, with your take about um, uh, they did they did Natasha dirty in Endgame, mm-hmm. um, and the it, it like without Black Widow like that without Black Widow, the movie, her choice, Natasha's choice to sacrifice herself in Endgame so that Clint can get the Soul Stone uh, made sense for the character. Um, But uh, I I don't believe the movie should have let her do that. Um, Clint should have died. Uh, Clint should have been the one to sacrifice himself to get the, so Natasha could get the Soul Stone. Um, And I think that the creation of this movie uh, or like what we get from this part of her backstory um, makes that choice even harder or weirder or out of character. Um, because in Endgame, the, the big thing is that her only family is the family that she has through the Avengers. Right. And uh, now we know she has two families. Uh, two families and uh, a British spy contractor who gets her toys. Yeah. Um, And um, Clint had just his family um, who he would do anything to bring back um, up to including sacrificing himself so that Natasha could get the soul stone and save the day. Um, So I, I I think that this movie makes Endgame worse in that way. Um, yeah. And I really like Endgame as well. Um, I don't know if you've talked about this or not, but I'm waiting for the the, the articles, the, the Twitter takes um, that uh, on one side is going to be, look, see, uh, this movie is all about how uh, white slavery, the exploitation of girls and human trafficking is bad. And you're gonna have the other side that's like, 
yes, all that's bad, but it's a evangelical smokescreen. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yep. And I know what uh, ScarJo's brand of feminism is, um, is much more in line with that um, evangelical Christian, think of the children kind of thing. Um, and so just the, the, the heavy handed uh, tone of, um, we're just snatching girls off the street, making them do uh, our bidding. Um, I think that that's gonna create some interesting Twitter discourse uh, is it going to be interesting and do we call it a discourse? It's going to be aggravating and it's going to be pot shots in 280 characters or less. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But uh, I'm it's obviously uh, stealing girls is bad. Don't do it. Uh, human trafficking is bad. Listeners, don't do it. Uh, but I am in that. <laughs> How many? <laughs> We have like 25 people. How many of them do you think are trafficking children? Hey, you never all know. Of it's them. All Every of them. Every one of them. Every last one of them. Uh, <laughs> but it's also very much that it's it's this evangelical smokescreen that um, when we talk about the actual realities of human trafficking in the world, there's um, much more likely to be uh, brown children uh, brown families that are being exploited for their labor than this uh, white sex slavery yeah. myth that whoever is the person's people that are fighting against it talk about. Um, all I have to say, I still really liked the movie. Um, it's, uh, I think it's a good swan song for uh, Natasha's character. Um, I do like the, the fill-in of how it fills in parts of her story and rounds her out. Um, how it very frankly uh, looks at those kinds of horrors of what happened in the Red Room. Um, and just, it was a lot more subtle than your typical Marvel movie in yeah. some ways, like you don't have the big act three sky beam villain yep. um, where the action in the final act three battles are, uh, you know, happening off screen. You have Red Guardian and Taskmaster fighting off screen and you don't really see that fight happening. Um, and the the battle between Natasha and uh, Drakov, Drakov is as much a psychological battle um, as it is a physical battle. Um, but that's uh, that's my thought, my take. I liked it. Go see it if you haven't seen it, now that we've spoiled everything for you. Yeah, no, I don't, I assume that nobody is gonna listen to this if they haven't seen it. If you do, I, I guess I'm sorry. I guess you have no soul and don't mind spoilers. We, were, we warned you ahead of time, right? Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, okay. early, yeah. Then this is your fault. If you yeah. if you keep listening to it and you didn't see it and you are upset about spoilers, this is your fault. That's true. Yeah. The casting in this movie was really great. It was so good. 
even it was the, like secondary characters like mason the adorable british man uh, <laughs> is also in handmaid's tale and he is so good in handmaid's tale as well and, and he just plays this like lovable but capable character very very well and i i was just here for it every time he was on screen um baby elena was um is from haunting of hill house she's uh the oh my gosh you're right yeah but what character is she she's the young uh i can't think of her name she's the young Mel. yeah Mel. that that's right yeah and when she was on screen i was like oh hi friend i know you Ah." yeah i they just they picked from uh, like a couple different very acclaimed series and were like you are great actors let's just pull you in um i love florence Pugh. i think that she was all of her lines were perfect and delivered perfectly i mm-hmm. love that the first piece of clothing she bought for herself independently had a lot of pockets in it it had so much you could put so much stuff in it you wouldn't even know like i loved it i just loved everything about that character it worked for me i was here for it it's perfect so i gotta go back and watch uh infinity war because i'm wondering if that vest was a part of natasha's character uh, costume in Infinity War, um, just because they made like a big, big show of Natasha. Here you go. Here's this vest. I know you like it so much. <laughs> right. Like, okay, right. is Natasha wearing a vest in Infinity War? Does she have? It's a probably. Watch? It's probably in like a background scene. Oh, there's a vest. It's hung up. Oh, it's gone now. <laughs> Some, something silly like that. I, uh, you know, actually, it's funny you bring up British man. I don't have any context for him. I was like, oh, British guy. You know, that's all. That's all I had. But like, I thought that um, his presence in it. Uh, hey, I, I thought I thought it was cool that there is this guy who gets Natasha stuff like a trailer and, and things. I think that's cool. But like, it's going to sound weird. But what I like about it, what I liked about him in the thing was that there is a, a an obvious like reference to a familiarity. Right. Like. They have obviously known each other for a really long time. And there was also like some sexual tension too, um, at least on his part. Like he, cause he makes comments about like, you know, like, like you've always been good to me as a friend. And he's like, oh, that's what every man wants to hear. You know, things like that Or <laughs> they get really close, like in the first scene, you know, and it's not like inappropriate, like it's never like that, but like just, just that familiarity is there. And I, and I like stuff like that um in movies uh not because like i like romance because you know i hate romance in all films um but i like i like it because it's such a human moment you know like it's a very uh you, you get a strong sense of this is what i mean when i say that everything is all the all the characters are really complex right like um Natasha doesn't have to be a femme fatale. She doesn't have to be a very serious spy and she doesn't have to be a, a very strong female character. Natasha can be Natasha, you know, that has a history and webs of relationships and failed relationships and insecurities and strengths and vulnerabilities and, and, and all of these things and all of them come out, right? Like all of it kind of come together uh, in this film in a way that is usually reserved for male leads in films like these, right? Yeah. And and I think that that little moments like that, you know, uh, well, Natasha, she loves Bruce Banner. Yeah, I guess I is a is a bad it was a bad pairing, and I'm glad they put a stop to that very quick. But like, 
she also seems to have had a past with this guy that wasn't just her screwing around to be a spy. You know what I mean? Stuff like that is good. Like stuff like that adds depth and layers to a character. Um, that that uh, I think is uh, refreshing in uh, a film genre like this. I do find I I agree with you uh, as well, um, Ian. That like like it should have been Clint who dies in Endgame, but I'm glad he didn't die because now we get to watch the very exciting Hawkeye show. <laughs> right. Um, that's that's just going to bring us all to tears. It's going to move us. We'll be like Hawkeye, who was always great. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know? so like, yeah, what Joe said was that uh, Jeremy Renner is less expensive than Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> that's the answer. That's um, the answer. <laughs> but like, throughout so much of Avengers, the Avengers series, like uh, Clinton Barton is. Uh, put up as a oh he's gonna die in this one right uh, how many how like how often in age of ultron is are we thinking uh joss whedon is gonna kill off uh hawkeye here gave him a family to kill him yeah <laughs> right and then um yeah he's he's he, he could have died it would have been okay we would have been okay with without him like uh, don't get me wrong i like uh superheroes that are um bow and arrow based and themed superheroes <laughs> i do like me some green arrow um not not from the arrow show because that show is boring and an abomination but i like green arrow you know from dc and and i'm glad that hawkeye shoots arrows i think that's fun you know i think that's a fun gimmick um i imagine that the hawkeye show is going to be easier to produce because you know may, maybe cgiing arrows is easier than cgiing something else I, I, I don't know. I'm not exactly sure what the story is going to be about. Maybe it'll be about how Hawkeye married Velma from Scooby-Doo. Um, <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> you know, I would that would be great. Scooby-Doo Marvel crossover. <laughs> like, like, how come nobody's brought that up? You know, you look a lot like Velma from Scooby-Doo. Yeah, I get that a lot. Um, be like a, a Halloween costume from when she's a kid and she's Velma. That'll be what it that'd is. be great. That would take that would bring it all down because you know Velma is such a sex symbol now that that, right. would, that would bring true. that would bring the internet to its knees. Oh my gosh! <laughs> but uh, <laughs> what was that? I said jinkies. Jinkies, exactly. That's all she needs to say. You know, like like somebody should like uh, Elena shows up to kill Hawkeye, and she's just like jinkies. <laughs> that's it. Like perfect. I don't know. I don't know. I I think um, maybe one of my final thoughts on the whole thing is, I I think that the age of and it, it'll never be over, but I think that the age of the Marvel movie is over. Um, just because of the turn towards uh, these these TV shows, these produced TV shows on Disney Plus, I think are just have the potential for more interesting storytelling and a and a and a more um, satisfying you know kind of medium. Now, of course, as COVID is, these things with COVID are changing, and we're, we're now going to be releasing movies again. But I wonder how it will go. You know, I wonder how they will be received. Um, now that folks kind of have this other medium, right? I uh, uh, go for it. 
you you also needed the rise of streaming services for that to be possible. Like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., bless their hearts, was like a show that tried real hard and did like the best they could with the material they were given. Um, But like it wasn't, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was supposed to be this kind of companion TV show to the MCU that like really lost its footing after a couple of seasons. But then you think back to like Luke Cage and Jessica Jones and like the net and Daredevil and the Netflix Marvel shows that like were able to do a lot more with their characters because they were on Netflix with like different length seasons and different length episodes. And like, I don't think that without Disney plus you, we would have gotten WandaVision since so many of those episodes are different lengths, different just requires you to actually have like a movie director's mind for a short order television show like the the beginning of the marvel cinematic universe would not have supported the shows as they are now um yeah i i don't know there's a bigger question of what movies are going to do after covid but yeah i think it's interesting to see like the like this year like the projects that they have coming out are black widow you have the the Ten Rings, Chang Lee and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Oh, yeah. You have the Eternals, and then you have Spider-Man um, coming out. And like of those four, Spider-Man is the only one that is your um, typical campy superhero in a costume wearing kind of movie. Um, everything else are these, uh, which I'm excited for. They're uh, properties that are um, about as well known as Iron Man was before uh, 2008. That's true. Um, yeah. And just excited to see what what happens here. Um, I might come back and listen to this episode in five years after the MCU has totally gone bankrupt and realize how wrong I was. But uh, <laughs> well, sure. Well, and I also sure. think that. I- the success of the first phases of the MCU allows you to like take risk telling stories because now it's a very known quantity. And there like there there was a lot in this movie that it was not particularly risk taking e because it did need to fit that like action genre. Uh, but also like they named all the parts of the female reproductive system and like, what wasn't even a thing it was just like it just took a very sexist joke and like completely unpacked it and was like hey what were you laughing like that's something that they never would have done before in like any other movie and so like but because it's such a a known quantity that like oh like this is fine this isn't my my kids can see this and so like i think there's going to be a lot of things that are sex ed provided by the mcu <laughs> yeah do you really want your kids to learn about sex from from the mcu sure i don't care you know whatever <laughs> that seems right uh-huh. i don't, I don't okay, care what my kids learn about, about sex. the the vast of huh yeah is that what <laughs> you want is it, <laughs> what about the urethra say that five times fast that'll be a great dumb joke in like a doctor strange movie <laughs> oh yeah say urethra five times fast and then I'm like, what the fuck am I watching? <laughs> what, what is this? No, I agree. Well, you know, it's, it's funny you bring that up again. Like, like it's, a, I think, a testament, I think, to, like, maybe where, where, like, we are from, like, a watching a movie standpoint. But, like, the Red Guardians period joke, you know, was meant to make us all cringe. 
That's you true. know, and it did. Like it made me cringe. You know, and David Harbour delivered it in a perfect cringy way. You know, like like it comes across as this really bad, dumb joke that that like comes from a desperate, washed up man. You know, because it was. Um, if if this joke was written, you know, ten years ago, Tony Stark would have said it, and uh, it would have been this quick, you know, you know, quip, and. Uh, Scarlett Johansson and Pepper Potts would have rolled their eyes and moved on, but would have gotten a big laugh. It would have been a meme, you know, like yeah, that's true. it's very different now. Yeah. I don't, that doesn't need to be, uh, I am going to name the mini sewed fallopian tubes now, but, uh, that works. Nobody laughed. <laughs> now I have to edit that out. <laughs> I'm going to, oh, I'm sorry. Tr try it uh, again. Sorry. Try it again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, fallopian tubes. <laughs> Women can be funny. <laughs> Fuck you, oh, How about uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus at the end of it, though? Like, I was really, we were having this very solemn moment. I was like, look, like, so many people have come through COVID and, like, this, we, uh, these, like, showing mourning practices is, like, really important for us to see. Like, I was so ready to have Florence Pugh just have this, like, really great emotional moment. And then it was a joke. And I was about to be like, I'm going to throw things. I love this woman. I'm going to throw things. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm so like we got so Julie Louis Dreyfus character has US agent and now mm -hmm. Florence Pugh. Yeah. What is she doing going on? Right. Um, She's forming the Injustice Gang. <laughs> <laughs> I'd watch that. Aldi brand Avengers. <laughs> yes, that's right. That's right. But, uh, I mean that with no disrespect to Florence Pugh. <laughs> we're Aldi. It's, we're Aldi's. Aldi's is wonderful. Um, I really, I really just mean all the disrespect to U.S. agent. There you go. <laughs> right. I hope that's how that uh, that particular MCU show goes. Like, what are you watching? Well, I'm watching the Injustice Gang. Oh yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, there's supposedly at every episode, like they make U.S. agent fall into just a pile of shit. <laughs> like, like that's that's how each episode ends. Like we got through the whole episode, U.S. agent doesn't have shit in his mouth, and then. And then uh, uh, Elena picks up a pile of shit and just shoves it into his mouth. Yes. <laughs> like you are yes. shit. We ate you so much. <laughs> my, fa my favorite one is the like kids in the car. And it's like, mom, can we go get Captain America? And mom was like, we got Captain America at home. And the Captain America got at home is US agent. <laughs> <laughs> I still think that like, because it's uh, Kurt Russell's like son, I think that there should be like a Guardians of the Galaxy 2 crossover. Ooh, since true. Kurt Russell plays Ego in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. And so like, is Chris Pratt and U.S. Agent, are they brothers? Like, oh, think hey. about that. <laughs> is U.S. Agent a celestial? Yeah. <laughs> what nope, what is the way to <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That would be terrible. US Actually, Agent that would make sense. Never hold an infinity stone. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Pratt is Chris Pratt is the secret Trump supporter that everybody secretly hates, but he, but his brother is the is U.S. agent. They're like, oh man, who's worse? Like, I don't I don't know. There's You've got no a war theory. criminal. Oh, man, Chris Pratt. One day he'll come off as bullshit. No, he won't. He might. You're right. Anything's possible. Joe, reach for the stars. <laughs> 
Yeah, but it could. You know what? It could. Trump could also repent and be like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everybody. The election wasn't rigged. And then and then you know what would happen? Nothing. Every everybody would still just go on like it was rigged. Trump can't put an end to it now if he wanted to. Welcome back to liberal. Welcome back to as a pastor. (laughs) (laughs) So so final thoughts. Any final thoughts and hopes? About Black Widow, Ian, Joe? Nah. I'm excited uh, for the next phases of the MCU and where they're going. I'm here for it. I'll watch them. Yeah, I mean, I'll probably be forced to watch uh, since Since 2012's Avengers, I haven't missed uh, seeing a Marvel movie come out on opening weekend. And so. Wow. Yeah. 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 Even Doctor Strange. Even Doctor Strange. I saw that one. I saw that one once during opening weekend. <laughs> I saw it. Why? What a shame. Yeah. Doctor Strange, man, that was terrible. Yeah, I. Uh, I mean, other than and unless it's uh, a Doctor Who ripoff like Loki, I'm not. I'll watch whatever. I'll give it a shot. Loki is not a Doctor Who ripoff. Loki is great. Smarmy oh, British man yeah. traveling through time and space. Yeah, it doesn't sound like Doctor Who at all. Oh, fine. And Prince got Owen Wilson with a broken nose. Wow. He's <laughs> got <laughs> Owen Wilson. The entire rest of the MC <laughs> MCU. Wow. Wait, is Owen Wilson like Loki's companion? Yeah. Well, no. He's kind oh. of the... Loki is more Owen Wilson's companion. That's true. That's true. They flipped the script. Wow. There's, there's jet skis. Yes. Okay. Well, I, I'm glad that there are people out there that really like this. You know, <laughs> that's important. That's important. God's creation is full of diversity. And <laughs> I think that that should be celebrated in their right. way. Uh, but uh, my Beth is also watching Loki. And, and I'm at this point in my relationship with my wife where I can tell her when I don't want to watch things. But I have a very limited credit, you know, so it's like, I don't really want to watch Loki. And then she gives me a look like we're going to get a divorce. I need you to know that. And then I'll be like, nope, I'm sticking to it. (laughs) I'm I'm not going to watch Loki. And she's like, "Mm, okay. Uh, But all that means is that the next time a show comes out that I don't want to watch, I have to watch it. Yep. That's how it goes. You're spending your capital on Loki, so I, I am. Well, it's worth it. I don't want to watch Tom Hiddleston run around unless it's like, you know, getting my order at like the local like restaurant or something. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm preparing for the roll. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, that sounds great, Tom. I'll take a cheeseburger. <laughs> oh my god. Yes, right away, sir. Yeah, that's what I'd like to hear. Thank you. Well, before we devolve any further. <laughs> yes, I know, I know. All right, friends. Hey, thanks for listening. It's been a mini sort of What the Hell is a Pastor? We are Spanx Reebok, the Dude, and John Wesley, and we will see you next time. Ha, 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 ha.
gotta have a clean take so I can just insert it places. <laughs> Anytime one of us goes on like a real big like cussing spree, just like get the like first syllable out and just see it. Wow. <laughs> That's how we send to our podcast. I gotta make it clean enough so that you can just stretch out the wow. <laughs> <laughs>